When the word as is used to connect two actions, it's a clue leading to weak writing. In this case, she watched is redundant because we are already seeing it from her point of view. Removed she watched and the entire sentence doubles its impact. Taylor Stevens, the New York Times best-selling and award-winning author of the kick-ass Vanessa Michael Monroe thrillers, and this is the Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt, one word at a time. Have you worked out this whole coffee cup thing yet? Because that was a couple cup? weeks ago. I, I suggested that you you assign this to our marketing team to get coffee cups for <laughs> the, kicking, kicking writing, writing in the butt. In the butt? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> I, I, I promptly forgot all about it. <laughs> Steve and I, we, we both forget stuff because we get so, so busy. And Steve was telling me a story before we started recording. And I was like, this you have to talk about, Steve. So I'm going to make him tell it to you, too. Okay. And, and you're talking about the Oscars story? Yes, the Oscars story. Okay. So we are recording this on Thursday, March 2nd. And the Oscars were on Sunday. And it was yesterday when I heard that... Something had gone wrong at, at the Oscars, and, and the, the award for the best movie, I guess it's called, was awarded to the wrong movie, which is comical. And, you know, how can you, you know, we, any number of directions you could go with that. But how do you, when you have, you know, you're giving away 14 awards, how do you screw one of them up? But it, I was shocked that it took me four days <laughs> to learn what had happened. And I, I, I mentioned it to Taylor only because she is the only person I know that I could say that to, and she would say, yeah, I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I, what, he's like, did I tell you about the Oscars story? And I was like, uh, I think I heard there was something that happened, like they mixed something up, but I don't know. And And then he told me his story, and I was like, like there was maybe something wrong that he's like so far removed from everything and i'm like no steve you're probably the only sane one out there the fact that you <laughs> didn't hear about a non-story is awesome so. it is kind of funny though it, it's it funny is. it's funny but i really relate to that being so far away from everything because you're just so busy and you have so many balls in the air that that you just almost detach from social media you 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 just have to get away because it takes up time. And so anyway, I, I totally get where he was coming from. I was like, oh, Steve, now yeah. there's two of us. <laughs> and, and speaking of social media, I am now what essentially what I'm doing with, with Facebook is to just go in, check the groups. I check your group and I check my group which is the author biz for, for those of you who might not be in the group who, who might be interested if you're an author. There is a, a, an author biz group, and the title, I think, is The Author Biz. The author biz. And it's, it's, we started ours at similar times, and his is already bigger and it's more vibrant because he's paid more attention, and it's not all about Steve, whereas in mine it's like the Taylor Stevens fan club, whatever. So people are like, well, where's Taylor? And I'm like hardly ever there. I mean, I'm there if somebody posts something, but... I, I'm not good at posting stuff on social media. So anyway, Steve's group, 
more stuff going on. Really great for authors, especially. Yes. And somebody posted a question about taxes the other day, and, and you posted a, a very insightful answer. So thank you for that. So, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that because we talk about in that taxes. group. Uh, yeah, because that's <laughs> the kind of geek you are. <laughs> But the point is that I go into Facebook now and I just go to those two groups and uh, a couple other groups that I'm a part of, and then I leave. I'm in and out in literally five minutes now. And I, you know, where I used to spend, I don't know, an hour or two hours a day, I'm down to maybe a grand total of an hour a week now. I bet it's not that much. But I feel like I'm missing. I feel like I'm missing a lot, and I I feel bad because when I wasn't as busy, I you know you you form all these connections where you just you know you pop in and you chat with people for two or three minutes, and I just can't do it anymore. I I'm essentially turning my chat off, and when I go in, I I I don't show up as online, so so people don't chat me, and then if I do happen to go on and and turn it on. Um, and it's not because I'm so popular or anything like that. It's just that I have formed all these connections where I've chatted with people in the past. And, you know, I, I, I almost feel bad about it. And I'll see people who just go off of social media for a while when I was spending a lot of time on it. And I would worry about them. I thought something was wrong. And, you know, the, the, the best possible reason for that is you're just super busy, your head's down writing or your head down writing or something like that. And, and that is usually the case with the author friends that I chat with. They're just super busy and don't have time for it at, at that particular time. So anyway, I don't know why we're talking about this. It's we were talking life. about the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah, but it's being busy in life and how wonderful I am at relating to you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I had so much fun editing last week's show. I hope you guys enjoyed last week's show. I actually had to cut out some really funny parts because we just we got so far into the weeds and, and off the topic with with uh, with things that I, I had to cut it out. And I still I think we wound up at forty minutes for the episode, so it it went long. But it which was this a, one is pretending to do now? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> so let's get to the topic. Which we haven't even introduced yet, so. We're going to do another round of editing. But not mine this time. Not Steve's this time. We have some new material, and I am going to do something that we've never done before, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And next week, probably next week, we got an email from a listener asking about point of view changes and rapid point of view changes and someone in your group, Carol, who is a, a longtime listener to the show and a, a big contributor to the show, asked if she could send in some material. It's not, you know, you normally like to just look at 100 words or something like that. And Carol's like, I've, I've written this scene for my work in process. It's the opening scene. And the, the, the point of view changes very dramatically in the first 5,000 words. And I just want you to take a look at it and, and offer some comments. And I think that combining those two into a single show, those the Carol's material and this other author's question, uh, will make for a really interesting show. That's probably next week, depending on when uh, Carol gets her material to us. So this week we're talking about some dialogue that was sent in. Before we get to the show, I want to quickly let you know that there is some profanity in this episode. It's in the dialogue that Taylor is reviewing. And so rather than tweak the author's dialogue, we just went with it. But if you do have young kids around or the, the language is going to offend you, uh, please be warned. It's coming. 
So it started off as a question about dialogue. So we've got about 500 words in this fairly well-written little sequence. And um, because it's 500 words, even if it's I don't know. It, I assume it's probably taking out, taken out of a larger story, but we're going to look at it on its face, just by itself, and we're going to look at it as flash fiction, um, which is fiction that's under a thousand words. The thing that I love about this piece is that it's high enough quality, like it's done well enough that I can actually... It doesn't take a lot of um, brain work on my part, like, oh, my God, how am I going to fix this? It's, it's perfect. And just enough that needs some tweaking that it provides for a really good experience here. Now, normally, when we get in listener um, material, I'll go over it, I'll make the changes, and then we'll post it and talk about why I made the different changes that I made. But I got to thinking about it and how... Generally, we we learn better by doing than we do by hearing or seeing something done. And if you've been with us for a while now, you've seen this done enough times, and you've probably done it on your own without us enough times that you, you you've got the hang of it. So what I want to do is I want to read this piece, and I want to read the comments that I've put on each piece, each part. And there are a lot of comments in here. And I know what it's like to get back a markup. And it is really discouraging. And it's just like, oh, my God, I'm so awful. I suck so much. Look at all these mistakes. (laughs) And I just want to clarify again, this is not about mistakes. This is good. I couldn't even make these comments if the material wasn't up to the standards that it was now. And um, just because I do it a certain way doesn't mean that it's the way to do it. These are observations that I have of how the writing could be stronger, how the storytelling could be stronger. And this is not at all a criticism on the person who sent it in. And I'm very grateful to Bob for sending it in. So with that all said, we're going to go ahead and give a stab at this and hopefully get it to fit within this show. And... We're going to post this markup in the show notes somehow. Steve's going to work his magical genius. And then the following week, we'll post the changes that I made. And so you can compare your fixes to my fixes. Not necessarily that mine are better, but just to compare and see, well, this is how she did it, and this is how I did it. And it'll get your brains working. And you might come up with even better solutions than I did, and that's awesome. Um, This is not a competition or anything. And it's just an experience to practice on the same material that I'm practicing on and comparing notes afterwards and seeing if you learn anything from it. Let's see how far we can get into this. It starts. Kimmy woke to monkeys yapping. She found her wrists bound to a chair with fluffy restraints that, while super comfortable and pretty, worked quite well at keeping her bound. She turned her head toward the noise, squinting against the darkness. She finally saw the dog caged on the far side of the room. Dripping water accumulated in another corner while a naked bulb dangling from the low ceiling barely lit the room. That is the opening paragraph. And here is my comment to that. This is a great opening with all of the elements to set a vivid scene using very few words. Opening from sleep is also, for me, one of the most difficult to get right. 
Not only are you tasked with the normal opening paragraph challenge of establishing a sense of place and character, you've got to do it through the eyes of a character who's also discovering the same things. This makes use of words and the order of discovery quite critical. So this paragraph needs tweaking to get the order right, but the elements are all there. Great job. So as you go back and read that paragraph, really think about the action and the things that are taking place and the order that they're taking place in. Because we're discovering and the character is discovering all at the same time. And it's important that the order of flow and the words that are used get us immediately, um, very clearly into this, the character's head. The next paragraph says, I would have thought a guy like you could afford nicer dicks, she said to the familiar face, the blank face of the man that wouldn't look at her. Comment. This paragraph breaks the thought-action speech rule, but because it occurs so early on in the story, it also cre creates an anchoring issue where we only understand who is talking and who they are talking to after we've read the whole thing. The brain has to reorder it before moving on. This early into the story, we really need to make sure we get it right. To fix it, we need to know what Kimmy sees and knows before she speaks. The next line. You know, Mason said, it's not just about presentation. Remember what they say about location? This is a comment. This is a cadence thing. My gut tells me that the pause, Mason said, is in the wrong place. There's no right way, no wrong way. It's just my ear is telling me that line needs some tweaking. Well, you got a shitty location, she said. Yeah, but look who's got who where they want them. Whom? What? Never mind. Here we've got never mind as one word, and I just highlight that and say spell check underlines this for me. I th I'm thinking two words. But it's also possible that for the sake of cadence, for the sake of um, dialect or whatever, the author wants to keep it as one word, and that's perfectly fine. Probably have to fight with the copy editor over it, but that's a personal choice, and I'm only highlighting it for that reason. Monkey barked in agreement. Kimmy looked over at her little dog, worried. Comment. This can work as is. Tacking on a worried after the action is sort of an afterthought that tells the reader and cheapens the writing. However, the time it would take to fix the right word sequence to make it work might not be worth the effort in the end. If this was mine, I'd rework it until it had the emotional impact I wanted. But that's why it also takes me a year to write a book. <laughs> and when I, when I first read this and read your comments, that, yes, truer words were never spoken. <laughs> <laughs> next line now what did we say about that mutt what talking to the dog he said looking over at monkey so i have two comments for the now what did we say about that mutt it takes a few lines to become clear in context as to who is speaking and that creates reading grit as the brain pauses and reorders to put it together talking to the dog he said looking over at monkey Thought, action, speech. He said, comma, is an easy clue for spotting these. She watched as Mason pulled out a pellet gun. The dog whined and circled the cage. 
What's going on? Comment. When the word as is used to connect two actions, it's a clue leading to weak writing. In this case, she watched is redundant because we are already seeing it from her point of view. Removed she watched and the entire sentence doubles its impact. So the next comment is, whenever one person does something, then another person says something, we need a dialogue guide or a tag, otherwise the brain has to figure out who's doing the talking. And that's in reference to, she watched as Mason pulled out the pellet gun, the dog whined and circled the cage, what's going on? So somebody was doing something and then somebody else started talking. So to eliminate the confusion, when it goes in that order, we need to make sure that there's an indicator so the, the brain doesn't have to figure it out. Even though that section begins with she watched as. Yes, um, because he is the one who's doing the action. And we're also going to be removing the she watched as. And it's going to start, Mason pulled out a pellet gun. But either way, even if it stayed the way it was and we didn't remove those words, because Mason is the one who is doing the action and she's an observer of the action, we need to make sure that we know who's doing the talking because it's him and now it's her. So you got to make that clear. In general, tiny, tiny little tweaks. In general, when you're where you're when you're writing, if if you have a, let's just say this exact sentence the way it's written, where uh, one person is acting and the other person speaking, would you normally try and break that into two paragraphs? Yes, I would. But I would also do something either through action or dialogue tag to still indicate who it was that was doing the speaking, because I call it a disembodied voice. When, when there's a disembodied voice, the brain can figure it out. The reader will figure it out unless it's very, very, very horribly gone wrong. But it slows down the reading. It, it's a grit. And so our goal is to create as little grit as possible in the reading experience. That's a really easy thing to fix. Okay. All right. Next line. You ask a lot of questions. He answered her with a pellet bouncing off the dog's butt. Monkey and Kimmy yelped. My comment. Thought, action, speech. The wording will need to be tweaked once the order is right. You're an asshole, says Kimmy, glaring at him. Want to guess my comment? <laughs> I don't have to guess because I can <laughs> Thought, see Thought, <it>. action, speech. <laughs> Could be worse, he said. Could be a liar. Then you wouldn't know what to expect. Wouldn't be able to trust me. That would suck, huh? Kimmy said nothing. Why'd you do it? Why'd you lead me on all that time? I thought we had to that sentence of speech. My comment is, this works as is. Silence is also an opportunity for a movement beat to show us character and will give the following words more emotional weight. It doesn't have to be changed, but it's, a, it's an opportunity if you, if you want to. So Kimmy said nothing. Why'd you do it? Why'd you lead me on all the time? I thought we had. It's my job, she said, interrupting. Thought, action, speech. In this case, it's possible to reorder so the action comes first, which creates a beat, or simply delete the action altogether as it sort of speaks for itself. So there's more than one way to, to work that one. Backing up just a little for story continuity, it's my job, she said, interrupting. What, lying to people, saying shit to make things go your way? You're a bad guy, someone's got to stop you. I gotta put food on the table, kids through college. Plus, 
I want to do work I feel proud of, you know, not just something I can do, something I like doing and I like, you know, I like what I do. All right. Let me let me jump in here. Yeah. Uh, like that. When you read that dialogue, it sounds like people talking. I mean, this is Bob did a really nice job with this dialogue in this section. It it sounds like you would envision these two people having a conversation. It doesn't look like someone's written dialogue. It sounds like actual people talking. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I didn't make any comments on there. Continuing on. She thought of their time together, him explaining the intricacies and social impact of the night's activities, all the while disguising her disgust with adoration. She'd been genuinely interested in the plans and outcomes, but had gotten so sick of letting minor atrocities slide. But then the net he was weaving had to be big enough to catch him and catch him good. So here's my comment on that. This one is tricky. This entire piece is flash fiction. There's nothing in the story about what came before and nothing that will come after. And because it's flash fiction, there aren't enough words and no real reason to go beyond or get into the nitty-gritty background of what's been alluded to here. Yet at the same time, if we're going to allude, we've got to be specific enough in word choice that there's a sense of weight and substance. Otherwise, it becomes wordy vagueness that only ends up frustrating the reader. The challenge in this paragraph is to hold on to the essence of what's important and build the details around that with small but tangible detail. We need more nouns. Let's let's dig into that because I when I read this, we need more nouns. That that jumped out at me several days ago when I read it. What do you what do you mean specifically? Can you and I know we're not doing the the fixing now, but I, I was just so curious when I read that. Um, can you just give a, a super quick example? Sure. Let's just hypothetically, this first line, she thought of their time together, him explaining the intricacies and social impact of the night's activities. It's simple stuff that can get added in. She thought of their time together, the both of them leaned over a table looking at a map while he explained the intricacies and social impact of, you know, the night's activities, whatever. Um, Small things that give some texture. And I would say instead of the night's activities, I would say, you know, the the way they were going to, and I'd make something up because there's no before and there's no after. Now, because this is probably possibly part of a real story to Bob, there's something that becomes before after that this, anything, any editing that I would do on this paragraph would be totally unhelpful to him. But because I don't know what comes before or comes after. But the point of the exercise here is that there's so much vagueness. There's got to be something tangible in there that relates to the before or the after. And if there is no before or the after, then we can just make it up and fill in the blanks. So continuing on. You don't have to do this, you know, she said. I commented out the words, you know, and I said, This would otherwise be fine, but because it's used two paragraphs up and then again two paragraphs down and we lose nothing by deleting it, delete. Continuing. So, you don't have to do this, you know, she said. Do what? You know, kill me? Finally, he looked at her, bewildered, then grinned, then laughed so hard she thought he'd have a heart attack. Oh, he laughed. When his laughter gave way to wheezing, he found his way to to a wall. He looked windy, winded and dizzy. So I've got several small comments on this one 
par- this one sequence. Finally, he looked at her. This is a personal choice in its personal style. I find it awkward to begin paragraphs with words like finally, eventually, because I feel it ruins the flow. So I tend to rewrite it to avoid them. The way it is here, it's not wrong, and finding other ways takes time. Again, that's why it takes me so long to write a book. So finally, he looked at her bewildered. For bewildered, I have a comment. This is a POV issue. We are in Kimmy's head. We can't know what, that he was bewildered unless he tells us. We need clarifying language that indicates it was her observation that he was bewildered. That way we stay consistent to POV, point of view. Finally, he looked at her bewildered, then grinned, then laughed so hard she thought he'd have a heart attack. Comment. The heart attack part gets us close to cliche territory. We'd lose nothing by keeping it as the way it is, but finding other ways to convey the moment would make the visual image more powerful. Oh, he laughed. When his laughter gave way to wheezing, he found his way to a wall. He looked winded and dizzy. I comment out the word when, when his laughter gave way. Starting a paragraph or sentence with a preposition, on, before, when, if, etc. there are hundreds of them, I had to learn that. It wasn't something I learned in school. (laughs) Using a preposition, starting a preposition, uh, a a sentence or a paragraph with a preposition is usually a clue to weak or distanced writing. Remove the when, start with his. It will mean having to delete, tweak to make it work, but the impact will be stronger and cleaner for the effort. The story continues. Shit, you're funny, girl. Almost made me pass out. God damn it. Heh. He looked at her, grin fading. She was hopeful now. Or was she just confused? She didn't know. I commented on he looked at her, grin fading. This type of tweaking is personal preference. He looked at her is great movement beat. And often movement beats like this can be used to enhance the weight of a moment. In this particular spot, though, my gut tells me Movement would be, oh, sorry, the moment would be stronger by cutting it down to his grin faded. Again, personal choice. Structural issue on this paragraph. I would reorder it to read, he talks, shit, you're funny. She thinks, she was hopeful. He reacts, his grin faded. He talks, I wish I could just kill you. You'll notice that even though these are different people doing different thinking Doing and thinking different things, the pattern still follows thought, action, speech. Shit, you're funny, girl. Almost made me pass out, goddammit. Hey. He looked at her, grin fading. She was hopeful now, or was she just confused? She didn't know. I wish I could kill you, he said. I wish it was that simple. This is a great ending. I am curious whether whether this is part of a larger work or if it is just flash fiction, because I'd, I'd really, it's, it's a great open if, if that's what it is. It's uh, you know, a great open to a story. So I would, I would love to read more given the opportunity. Bob. Yeah, I'm yeah, Bob, <laughs> yes, Bob, send us more. No, I think this was really, really well done. It was a very good work, uh, use of visuals, great, Interact character interaction. I love the tone. It was it was awesome. 
Um, and so I just want to highlight again that all these comments of mine are not saying this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. These are all things that could totally slide. You could take this piece as it was and work with it. And most people wouldn't even notice the things that I pointed out. But since this whole show is about strengthening your writing, kicking writing in the butt, and it's my experience that we're basing it off of, uh, and we're looking for ways to make the writing stronger, that's all that these things are doing is making the writing stronger. But I love this piece. All right. And I think what we'll wind up doing, because I can't think of a better way to do it, is just... I'm going to just post the Word document. I'll post a link to the Word document so that you can just download it. And that way you can not only see – I could post the text of the story, but you wouldn't have access to Taylor's comments, which uh, – which, which I might add are riddled with typos and double words and were not nearly as clean as what I read over this show. So uh, bear with me because writing in comments really sucks, and it doesn't let you delete stuff easily and blah, whatever. But yes – I'm embracing you for my messy software. <laughs> and we need this for uh, – to be able to do the homework. Yes. That, so this is your homework now is you have my comments. You have the original material. I'm not asking you to send me your fixes. I don't want your fixes. Your fixes are for you. But it's an opportunity for you to compare – the challenge, like look at the challenge and see how would you fix it and compare it to how I fix it, which we're going to do next week. Um, we'll post the answers to this puzzle are in next week's edition. Um, and, and it's just a fun way to actually do the work and learn through doing it rather than just watching somebody else do it. And this will be – will we be able to do this as like the intro to next week's show or, or have I been made a liar by saying what we were going to talk about next week? Is, is that – are we going to push that back for two weeks? <laughs> um, I don't know. Or we'll we don't know. Okay. So we'll it's possible what I talked about for next week will really be in two weeks. It just depends on how, how much time we need for uh, – to, to go through the, the fixes for this. Yes, exactly what he said. Okay. All right, so instead of a listener question this week, we have a listener request from Taylor. Yes, I have a request, and that is, it's been a while since we put this out there. If you're enjoying this show, if you enjoy my emails, if you enjoy Steve's show, if you enjoy the interaction on the Facebook page, the Facebook groups, please tell someone. It is almost impossible. It does happen. But it is very, very difficult for listeners or Facebook browsers to just discover us organically because we're very small in terms of the size of podcasts and how many bazillions of them are out there. It is like walking into a library and just randomly finding a book on the shelf. I mean, what are the odds? So for us, if you're enjoying this, share it because the more people we have listening, the more interaction we'll get, the more fun stuff we'll have to give back to you. So it benefits everybody. That is a great listener suggestion. And I uh, completely agree. Yes, let's, <laughs> let's do it. Let's, it is the nature of doing this show. We started it out. We started the show out with one purpose and that, that purpose has evolved. Um, but People searching for shows on iTunes aren't going to see The Taylor Stevens Show and think, oh, that's a show that, that's uh, essentially a writing class. 
It just yeah, you don't get that from uh, from the yeah. title. And I've I've tried to update the message to make that more clear, but I don't know how important the title is versus the description. Um, I don't know. So yeah, we may have to change the name of the show at some point, but neither one of us have the time or the energy to do that right now. So we're so, relying on you to spread yeah, the word. Love it, share it. It's that simple. All right. We will be back again next week with either just the answers to what we've been talking about today or the answers to what we've been talking about today and the point of view show. So we or will something talk else, to you or something else. In t- <laughs> maybe there'll be another thing about like the Oscars or something. And we'll just spend and, the whole and, show and talking we'll about learn, that. Steve, we'll learn, Steve. Don't ever say it beforehand because you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I should learn that lesson. Thanks for listening. See you guys next week.